The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Hold your insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? Another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Yo, Double G. Yay! Joining me today is the man behind the sound effects, at agent underscore 70 on Twitter. What's up, everybody? And we also have at Roddy Cat on Twitter. Hey, it's me, Roddy Cat. Ladies, <laughs> and that we've moved to Friday nights for now. Yeah, for now, <laughs> yeah, that's what the cheering's for, right? That's right. That's right. Sure, they just got paid. <laughs> it's Friday night. Oh, here's our song for the night. Oh, no. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, "Well, there we go." <laughs> oh, it's too funny. It's like when some podcast will be like, and title. <laughs> anyway. Whereas I'm always struggling at the end of each episode to come up with the title. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes they come they, they come out in the midst of or could, you know. Right. Uh, so we this is the Comic Book Chronicles. Make sure to go to our website, thecliknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles and comic book reviews and news. Yep. On the homepage, we have links to our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast by going to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio and YouTube. And speaking of podcasts, remember we are part of the Codes of the Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us. Do it today. And make sure to buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Talking comic books on social media, make sure to use the hashtags Comic Book Chronicles and CBCron. And remember, we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can watch live by going to forward slash live. So this week, the book we're going to begin with is from DC Comics, and it is Dark Knight. Dark Metal number two. Yep. Share going here. Get that cover going. There we go. <clears throat> so, issue, it, especially just the sort of begin. actually all of it was entertaining, but the initial part where Batman is running from the Justice League because he has this weapon that they don't want him to use. So he's like, he's sprung these, it's not even traps, it's just the uh, he has these doppelgangers that look like him running around and has different heroes chasing after him. And as we find out, uh, these are different members of the Batman extended family, like Nightwing and some others. So we see like Green Arrow and Cyborg chasing Nightwing. And then we also hear like Batwoman and Batwing are also in on it. <laughs> 
and then we uh, one that sort of I you know eyebrow raising moment was when Superman and Wonder Woman catch up with who they think is the real Batman, but yet again it's another stand-in. I rang the spoiler bell just in case you wanted to talk about who the stand-in was. I was. Uh, Superman punches a hole through Batman's chest. <laughs> but we see it's actually Clayface. Mm-hmm. From the Nintendo Comics. That was a nice touch. Yeah. And Snyder and threw even though I'm way back. Yeah, I was going to say, Snyder threw us a curve with that one. Go ahead. I'll, I'll hold off. Go ahead. I was just going to say, even though I'm way behind on Detective Comics, that was cool to see. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is that uh, you know, because Clayface, I don't know if this version of Clayface, I'm not up on uh, Detective Comics or, or uh, DC as much as uh, PC and underscore Dirt, but I don't know if this is similar to the acting um, a background of the Clayface from the animated series. So he actually does a very convincing Batman, including, you know, kind of feeding into the uh, the storyline, you know, kind of explaining what's going on. So that that got me. I thought that was a great reveal. Because he's so he actually went on about you know like kind of you know explaining things the way Batman would. Yep, and I forget myself which version it is as well. Yeah, but um, so we there's another Lady Blackhawk, aka Kendra Sander Saunders, mm-hmm. aka Hot Girl, Hot Girl, <laughs> meeting up at the was it the Legion of Doom's lair. Yeah, I wish I had that sound effect. You know, like from the theme song where the Meanwhile, uh, well, the Legion of Doom or something. Yeah. You know, basically. Exactly, exactly. The immortals of the DC Universe getting together, sort of like a secret Illuminati group. Mm-hmm. So you have your Vandals of Savages, your Morgan Le Fay's, um, Raish. Raish Al Ghul, and they're sort of discussing what to do about Batman and the dark multiverse. Which of course leads us to back to Batman, uh, who is finally caught up. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman finally catch up with him. I guess at the in uh, the tomb of where like was it Carter Hall is supposed to be buried, something like or that. something like that. Something referring to Hawkman, and he's got his mace. Batman has Hawkman's mace. Uh, he brings out the weapon that the Justice League didn't want him to bring, didn't want him to use, and we see it's a baby dark side. I was about to say I was going to ring the bell. Bring it late. You late? <laughs> so that was cool. So before the show, Agent Seventy was asking when did we see Baby Darkseid? Was this from Justice League? Yeah, yeah, Darkseid War. Oh, okay. At the end of it, same place. So, that Wonder Woman had a had a had a uh, brother. Yep. Because um, okay. Darkseid was killed sort of early on in the story, and then got resurrected because that's like super. He got re, uh, reincarnated into like the body of Superwoman's baby or something. I think is that what it was. Oh, okay. I don't remember that being the twist, but that does sound familiar. I had to read it from a CBR article that sort of like recap what you know get you caught up on what's going on with Darkseid. Sure, sure. And I was like, oh, okay. Even having read Darkseid or when it came out, um, I, I didn't remember any of that. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of girl. Yeah, which I had the dark the heart covers for some of those. I need to go back and reread them. Um, so, yeah, as I said, it turns out, I was about to say, hold on, I'm going to ring another spoiler bell and call upon a very respected character from a vastly different franchise to tell us what we all thought was going to happen. Come on, load up, waiting for it to load up. It's being slow. 
it's a trap. <laughs> that would be the Court of Owls uh, making their appearance and setting up Batman so they can uh, have the dark beast Barbatos, who is, I guess, the central villain of this Dark Knight Knight's metal story, right. come. And oh yeah, it's also tied to like Batman has the whatever sits metal that. Yeah, like he's been exposed to it or something like that. So he becomes like that, a. At this point. Yeah, he becomes like a him. So basically, once the sits metal is entered into his system, he becomes like a conduit to open up the dark multiverse. What you said, the nth metal? It's not nth metal. It's something. It's something. You they, call, they call they call like bat batmanium or something. Batmanium. Like it's something similar to that name. It's got bad in no, the name. No, it's definitely Batman. Batman. I was just, I was just, just, just making sure because I'm like, you said Sith level, Sith, Sith metal. I'm like, wait, no, no, and, no, oh, Sith, yeah, Sixth, Sixth, like five or Sith metal, and then like they, they recap all the metals he's been uh, exposed to, come, yeah, exposed to over like Scott Snyder's run, like the the metal that resurrected him and Joker when they died fighting each other, um, the metal that the Court of Owls uses. Right. And some others. So then, so basically him and, uh, is it he and the, he switches places with the Batman, Batman, the, is, was it just Batman who laughs or all the, the evil Batman he switches oh, places there, with? Oh, he switches, well, I don't even remember that part. Now, now you're going to make me actually read this part again. Yeah, like he switches places with one of the evil Batman. So like, the, the, that's how they were able to come to our universe and like Batman was sent to theirs. So you just swap places. And then Superman and Wonder Woman are taken out by, I guess, the evil Batman as well. Mm -hmm. It sort of carries over into the first of the tie-in issues, Gotham Resistance, number one, and Teen Titans. Yeah. Did you want to get to that one next? Yeah, we might as well. But um, just uh, put a cap on this, Dark Knight's Metal, number two. This is definitely, like, we're going to later talk about the final conclusion of a event series in secret empire. And then here we have another one in, in metal that's heads and tails better than secret empire was during its run. Oh yeah. Cause I think it's not trying to uh, tie into current events. It's just trying to tell like a kind of a slam bang story. That's kind of how, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, but at the same time, you know, uh, maybe I'm maybe uh, you know it's it's things kind of being uh, in between when it comes to uh, knowledge of the DC universe because I know enough to be familiar, but not enough to like kind of appreciate some of the references and you know and what's going Same. on. So it's 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 tough to be in that situation when you're reading these. I'll just leave it at that. You know, I'll say as someone that doesn't isn't uh, doesn't have all the history of the DC universe, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's definitely still a good, you know, but I, I feel like I'm not getting everything I should out of it, so. You know. Yeah, there's some of that, but I'm okay with it. All right. And Batman wasn't turned into a Nazi, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Nazi wasn't kept around. Yeah. yeah, oh, we're right. going to get to it. We're going to get to it. As the reminder of this uh, semi-okay event. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so jump over to Teen Titans number 12. So basically, this one stars the villain, or doesn't star him, but the villain is the Batman who laughs and his uh, cannibalistic. So we see uh, Robin discovers the mountain, Challenger's Mountain, that Dark Knight's Metal Number One 
in Gotham City, so he takes the Titans there to investigate. And he also thinks Batman held captive, captive at, even though he, we, Batman, real to verse. But um, surrounding the mountain is uh, like Lamb Rings. I can't talk tonight. See, like sort of video game level levels that our heroes are going to have to fight through before they get to the mountain. The Batman who laughs has granted some of Rogue Gallery uh, the powers to change reality through um, metal uh, playing de- deck of playing cards. So on the out on the outer rim of the mountain is the Riddler, first the villain that one of his and the new Gotham Resistance at the fight, and we see the Gotham Resistance is made up of Green Arrow, Robin, of course. And Killer Croc from Suicide Squad, and also who we see on the final page, Nightwing, who has already made it to the second level, which looks like it's a Mister Freeze is going to be the villain. And when the crossover jumps over to Nightwing, and also the we see the introduction of the Batman who laughs, um, even though he has a he keeps his Robins on a leash. There is one that is kept off leash, might be the doppelgang evil doppelganger of Damien. So that's something to think about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to read any of these tie-in issues. <laughs> Jeez, I will just because I actually like read all those books anyway. So mm. just keep on reading. So did that help, Roddy? Nope. Kind of understand what's going on <laughs> now that we you know kind of explain some of the things that happen in Dark Knight's Metal. Nope. Wow. That's a tough thing when you're just, you know, like regular, a regular reader of Teen Titans and then just, the crossover. Yeah. Like, you know, and just like I had written in my notes, luckily it said on the first page, which I kind of would have probably figured out anyway. It was like, don't read this until you read um, uh, Dark Knight Metal 1 and 2. So I'm like, well, so much for this book this week. Mm-hmm. But let's That's just good, say, though. sure, I got the gist of the story, but no, because of, mm, all right. That's a lot. All right. So what's next? Secret Empire number uh, number one. All right. So I can chime in on this. So uh, Secret Empire uh, Omega number one is the alt- is the uh, kind of the epilogue of uh, the Secret Empire um, miniseries. So uh, it opens with um, and and just very quickly on. Uh, Andrea uh, Sorrentino does the art on this, and it's actually kind of easier to make out. I think the layouts are actually kind of, you know, make make more, far more sense than they have in some of the uh, more action-packed um, issues that he's done. I, he might be more apt or easier to uh, to read when it's uh, kind of a talking heads issue, because that's what this is. This issue reveals, spoiler alert... This issue reveals that the evil Steve Rogers is, in fact, alive and is being held in a maximum security stockade in the Los Angeles. Oh, no, that's the A-team. He's being held in um, a place called Shadow Pillar, a black site prison many miles off American soil. So, you know, it's housed many of the most wanted uh, people in the world. uh, So it's the new raft? No, it's supposed to be worse than that. So, you know, it's like a, it's like a Gitmo mm. because the raft, I think, was on American soil or in American waters. Yeah, because it was off, of, uh, off the coast of New York or something. Right. So 
you know, that being said, this is definitely much more of a Gitmo parallel. And uh, 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 OG Steve or Good Steve comes uh, dressed in a Captain America hoodie that I'm sure they're going to market at some point uh, to differentiate himself from steve or Evil Steve, who's uh, locked up. Yes, with the Hydra tattoo on his chest. So, you know, that's how you can tell them apart now. Um, and basically, this is, a, like I said, it's a talking heads issue in which, um, you know, they, uh, I want to say debate, but they just kind of exchange uh, uh, ideological statements and, 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 and have, you know, uh, some debate, some argument, some recapping of what happened and how we got to this point where uh, basically it was allowed to happen. So, you know, all that being said, it's, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, it's still, it's still, I don't know if it's if disturbing is the right word, but, you know, what we were talking about earlier, just before we started the show, some people are not comfortable with the idea that uh, Steve or evil Steve is still alive and somewhere and he's going to come back. Um, You know, but uh, just before we get to that, let me just hit a couple of uh, other items in this uh, uh, Omega issue. Uh, we find out that um, the Winter Soldier is uh, uh, does not believe that uh, uh, the Black Widow is in fact. I rang the spoiler bell already, people. Is in fact dead and thinks that he's seeing um, uh, Natasha running around assassinating somebody. But uh, I suspect maybe that is either uh, the other Black Widow, Yelena uh, Belova, the blonde one, or one of um, a new breed from the Red Room. So we, we'll see what happens there. Um, and finally. Just uh, there's a, you know, as, as these Omega issues tend to do, they tend to s- create the status quo going forward for several of the uh, characters involved in the crossover. Uh, we're also, um, we're also uh, shown what uh, has become of New Tian, where the X-Men had taken refuge in uh, 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 California, San Francisco. And now uh, that refuge has been taken apart by Sentinels and the, the, uh, the symbolism there is not lost on anyone reading this. Um, but, uh, you know, they've negotiated a, a surrender and kind of uh, integrated themselves back into the United States. Um, we also see, we also find out that the Punisher is uh, trying to make amends for things. And I guess this is what is going to lead up to him uh, donning the war machine armor. And, um, you know, we also find out that uh, uh, OG Steve has um, already felt some of the uh, immediate effects of um, Steve's uh, uh uh, you know, completely ruining his reputation uh, by, uh, you know, by his interaction with a kid he's trying to save out from under some rubble. And, uh, you know, this kid kind of recoils from uh, uh, OG Steve's uh, help. And uh, you know, that's pretty jarring for someone uh, in Steve's, uh, you know, uh, who, uh, of Steve's former stature. So, and uh, finally, we find out that uh, Steve may not necessarily be alone and Hydra may not necessarily be gone. So that's that. Sure that that last part was was a, probably a given, right? But you know, it's 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 uh it's uh you know it's it's definitely a lot uh, closer to the surface than uh, it being uh you know kind of buried and and until it dormant for a while. So that's that. So um you know so Tim, what did you uh do you have anything to add about uh you know Steve-O being uh around still in the the Marvel U? I was just surprised they kept him around. Slightly disappointed because I just don't want that reminder of the story hanging around in the background. Like I've seen some people speculate like, he would become the new Red Skull, right? Mm. Which yep. I guess fine, right? 
right? That's my note because something very similar, not, 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 as, not, not, uh, not, not exactly like this, but similar in that there was a clone of Steve Rogers that eventually became a host body for the Red Skull um, back in the mm-hmm. Grunwald run of Captain America. So, th- you know, it's not unheard of that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Red Skull would kind of uh, inhabit a body that's basically Captain America's equal so that they're fighting on equal uh, footing. So I can imagine that happening down the road. Right. All right. So, um, you know, yeah, I was about to say, as much as, you know, we didn't like Secret Empire, um, it's finally over. We're finally moving forward into uh, Generations and Legacy and all the other good stuff and the this, this soft reboot of the Marvel Universe. So we'll see where we go from here. Except for some people, it's not quite over. Dun, dun, dun. Hold on. Dun, dun, dun. So if we want to get to Secret Warriors number six. Oh, no. Go ahead. So, yeah. Secret Warriors number six. Uh, the band's broken up. Quake's on a revenge mission to kill Deadpool because uh, he killed um, Coulson, which I'm like, wait, that that actually seriously happened, huh? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Steve, which also asked uh, Deadpool to do it. Right. Which actually also put me in mind. I was like, okay, so they're, so Quake's team is dead. And Coulson's dead. I'm like, they just really didn't like too much care for the Agents of Shield too much, huh? Mm. But um, so yeah, so Quake's going through means to kill to to go through to kill Deadpool, and um, this whole issue is basically spent with her trying to get to that point to do it. But um, uh, she meets with some not necessarily stumbling points, but some some uh, resistance. Resistance, kind of, not necessarily. Well, because yeah, because so, so she basically puts out a hit on herself. Uh, but instead of Deadpool answering, the Taskmaster does. The Taskmaster comes in, try to kills her, and and instead puts a sword through uh, a naked LMD Dum Dum Dugan for some reason. <laughs> who, you know, <laughs> after the fight is basically posing like this. I'm sitting like, wait a minute, really? <laughs> Which your <laughs> I see it now. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, this book is, continues to be silly. Um, and then, um, as far as that's concerned, a couple other things happen. And uh, at the end of the, the issue, well, uh, she basically ends up. Well, Taskmaster tells her tells her that he knows a guy, which ends up being Bullseye. And uh, she, for some strange reason, her and Bullseye is in a fitting room in this uh, department store. Uh, and then Deadpool shows up in the end. Look, and that's where that ends. On the flip side of this, um, I guess speaking of Dark Beasts, uh, Inferno was babysitting his his um, his sister's kid and was talking to Lun- uh, Lunella because trying to get her to do something for him, write a report for some kind of report for her sister who's busy. And then he gets attacked by uh, Dark Beast, who comes in and grabs um, who, who comes in grabs said. His niece, basically, or niece and nephew. I can't remember if the kid was a. I think if the kid was a boy or girl or not. Either way, comes in, grabs the kid, and leaves. So, and Dark Beast did show up a couple of issues back for some odd reason. I guess we now figured out why. Even though at the end of um, last issue, not even at the end of uh, actually maybe it was in the last issue, we see a flashback to Karnak talking to Mister Sinister. Um, and this is basically starting a new arc, but since it doesn't show up here, but speaking of Karnak, he goes to Ahura, who I know very little about, and tries to get a job for him, says something to him that ends up coming up later on in the story, 
to, to, to come true. And then Uhura's trying to look for him again to, I guess, give him the job or try to find out how he knew what was what the deal was. So we got like the three plot points going on here. And the the, the quick killing Deadpool seems like it's going to be a two-parter and the rest of this probably going to keep on going. So that is that. All righty. Okay, so what else did you guys read if we're done with the Secret Empire crossovers? Hmm. Uh, Tim, did you have anything on that one? Or? Uh, let me check my notes. Uh, I did read it. It was fine. Uh, filling, uh, I guess the filling artist doing the next two, this issue and the next one. But yeah, right. Colson got killed by Deadpool, which is still sticking around post-Secret Empire. Just one of the one of the mill. I I will say, I don't know when Taskmaster Taskmaster got that new look. It looks very yeah. much like his look from the Ultimate Universe. But I noticed in the first issue of Spider Man number two. Yep. At least why I noticed it the first time. So, I mean, he looks more badass, I guess, instead of like a like a pirate, like a Skeletor pirate, Skeletor clone, Skeletor clone. <laughs> He's got like a sword that's bigger than he is. Yeah, yeah, and that was, a, that was speaking of that part. Um, there was there was a part where he went and, and Quake was talking, and uh, or as they were fighting, and he was like, "I beat the best of you." And then Quake was like, "Well, you must be talking about Scarlet Witch." I'm like, "What?" what? And I'm like, wait, "Yeah, wait, no, wait, I didn't wait. know what that was in reference to." Yeah, neither did I. And then she goes back and says, "Like, and Karnak was beating you when you're behind before before she stepped in." I'm like, "When did this happen?" <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah. It's all right though. Yeah, but outside of that, yeah, it looked like since it, it was alright, it was alright issue. It's all right though. All right, let's see what right here. Um, hey Tim, how about we switch gears and kind of deal with a little bit of uh, no, not really, not not really a secret secret empire thing. Amazing Spidey number thirty two. I like this issue. I did too. I mean, it's not like I've got a lot of potential clicks of the week. Uh, I don't think I listed this as one of them, but let me just double check before I. Uh, no, I didn't think it, I didn't put it on my list of potential uh, clicks of the week, but it was definitely uh, uh, a good twisty issue, you know, like a, a, an issue with a lot of good twists in it. Indeed. So let's get started on this. So it's a solo. Uh, it's essentially a solo Norman Osborn story, and the way I uh, the notes that I I wrote down were um, psych, and that actually makes sense when you're reading this issue. And uh, you know, Dan Slott is basically pulling a fast one on us as. Uh, as uh, Norman goes on a Doctor Strange-esque mission um, to uh, reawaken... Same way I describe it. Yep, to reawaken the goblin held at bay in his system um, uh, by the nanites that uh, Spidey put in his body uh, at the end of the Simcaria uh, storyline. So if you wanted to go into like some of the things that he has to go through. Uh, he has to... He basically learns how to use magic. Yeah. After going through like a lot of standard treatment, just like Doctor Strange, yeah, he, he has to call the monks master. He has to um, find his totem, right, and confront his inner demon, which you would think was the Green Goblin, but psych. Exactly, exactly. Lots, of, you know, like which he defeats. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. You know, this is a lot of fun. We're trying not to. You can tell. You can tell by how we're describing it. We're, you know, we're spoiling certain aspects of it because you can't really describe the story unless you kind of, you know, compare and contrast it to the voyage that Doctor Strange goes on, especially now that, you know, more people are familiar with it because of the movie. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with that said, 
Um, you know, I guess the biggest way I can describe this is psych, because that's pretty much, you know, the, the gist of the story. Yeah. And I thought that was like, nice yeah, it was because it got me. Cause yeah. I was like, Oh, they're going to turn, they're going to turn Norman Osborn into a sorcerer. Right. Be a nice sort of evolution of the character. And something I still think is possible. Right. I definitely think it's possible if he's, you know, even if, uh, you know, what goes through, um, doesn't, doesn't necessarily give him the, 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 the training sufficient to wield magic. It's still a definite, you know, it, it's out there as a, as a possible twist now. Yep. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, so I, 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 my question was, does this take place after the story arc where they, he was taking on green goblin ends, you know, that, uh, when he was selling, well, yeah, when he was basically arming the 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 yeah. like, rebels in some carry, yeah, it happens right after that because okay. he flees, he flees because that's how Spider-Man beats him in that story by putting the nanites in his system so that he's basically uh, depowered because he can't access the goblin psyche and the goblin serum, you know, mm-hmm. to give him, uh, you know, to give him like the strength and the speed and whatever that uh, you know that was uh, the hallmark of the uh, effects of the goblin serum. So basically, the serum's neutralized in his body on a continuing basis, and he, he's you know he opens the story by looking for a way to re uh, re energize it, re re enable it, and he's just not able to do it. You know, he does everything from you know putting in uh, booster shots of goblin serum to you know, going to actual regular doctors, uh, psychiatrists, acupuncture. It just made me laugh. <laughs> that kind of the progression was you know it was just just logical. So, but yeah, I think we both had a good time reading this. It was a great. Uh, you know, it was a great little, uh, not a filler, because it's definitely going to further the story, I think. You know, it's, it's reestablishing Norman as, uh, you know, as a, as a powerful uh, enemy in the Spider-Man universe. All right. So our guest artist on this was Greg Smallwood of... Moon Knight. You're saying Moon Knight? Yeah. You're breaking you up. That. No, you kind of broke up when you were saying it. I was saying, yeah, Greg Smallwood of Moon Knight fame. Gotcha. Cool, cool. All right. So, what's next? Right, you got a book? I have a couple. Something, um, something we read, uh, Defenders? Probably not. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, um, Titans 15? I know at least one of you probably read it. I read it. Cool. Yeah. I read it. Oh. I read it. Yeah. Um, so... While Wally is writing an email to, or at least in, during the course of this issue, we see the letter that uh, Wally West is writing to one Dick Grayson, who we find out may or may not be the, the traitor in the midst in this issue. Um, the Hive he admits to it, but he admits to it, but just to get closer to Hive, right? But that card. Yeah, as he as as he is wont to do, and um, I'm I'm slightly blanking on what happened here. But yeah, so that there's that happened because there was a little confrontation between the because Roy uh, Roy Harper found him talking to Hive, and that's what kind of sparked off him ended up telling the group that you know he was doing that and the reason why. And like I said, all the while you had other stuff going on, like Wally, you know, like I said, Wally's writing his letter, uh, then talking to, to while talking to Donna Troy, and then this happens. And then we cut to Mal Duncan and Knark um, raiding a hydro, uh, not hydro, excuse me, hive base. <laughs> hydro on the brain. That was yeah, no right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
trying to still trying to find Karen's memories, but they something ends up happening to them, and then the the Titans end up um, well, and then Omen ends up coming back because she was talking to Simon, Simon, who told her that she's going to be responsible for something happening, but not sure what, and then some other stuff started happening where people are disappearing, like um, well, like Mal Duncan and Narc and Simon. And they all end up in the hive base or this hive base. Um, it, yeah, this, this this book took a, this issue took a kind of a turn because look at it. all of this happens, and then Simon Mountain gets transformed into something, and Gnark and, and Mal Duncan are fighting fighting the Titans because they look like they were taken over by something. Um, and uh, oh yeah. Uh, did get skewered by by uh, by Mal Duncan, only to be saved by Wally West because his powers are malfunctioning. Um, and Wally kills over because of this, because his like his powers been acting up, and just uh, due to his him having a pacemaker, and he's supposed to be taking it slow. But at the end of the book, we see him killing over and potentially possibly dying or something after saving uh, Dick Grayson's life, who had actually been skewered, but remembers being skewered. Like, hey, wait a minute, now you know. Basically, time got reversed for a couple of seconds thanks to whatever new wrinkle in Wally's power, and then, like I said, keeled over, and that's where the book ends. Like I said, it, it my question kind of, is, I want to know who is. So every time someone got transported, it's left behind. What you, that's you said, to be in reference to? Yeah, that's right. The the fact that got left behind, and um, I yeah, I don't know. So like, maybe uh, Mister Twister. Is it Mr. Twister or Twister? That was the villain in the um, Titans Hunt miniseries. Oh, you know what? Didn't even remember that. So your guess is Perhaps, as good as maybe. mine on that one. Yeah. But we do yeah. know that there is somebody else behind that that's clearly working another angle here. Um, to what extent, like I said, we see... And we still don't know if if Nightwing is, is actually the... the um, because at, even at the end of the book, there was like, the traitor revealed... Uh, on the Titan, so it was like, well, okay. Well, I thought we already settled that, but apparently, no, we did not. Apparently not. But then they also have, they, you know, Omen is foreshadowed or prophesied right. to be this evil. I suspect, and I would hate for this to be the case, but I suspect because of the stuff that happened to Karen Beecher, aka Bumblebee, it's probably her. But True. could be wrong about that because they've been kind of using that as a as a as a loose tie to this whole thing throughout the whole time, but. And it also kind of wouldn't make any sense, but it kind of would. I don't know. It's like given that her memories were taken away, but something happened to happen with that. So who knows? I don't know. To be continued. What else we got? All right. Let's see. Um, let's see what you guys read. Uh, do you want to do Defenders? Because you mentioned that earlier. I mean, What's funny about Defenders to me was like there was like just something that just just annoyed the hell out of me, and I know I typed it into my notes. I'm just scrolling up to them now. So, leading out of the events of the last issue, when uh, the Defenders uh, basically Iron Fist put down Diamondback, like the newly enhanced and pumped up Diamondback, um, you know he's being carted away. And what does the uh, the ever illustrious, ever uh, intelligent NYPD do? What do they do? They put him in. The... They put him in with. I'm going to ring the bell. 
they basically put him into a uh, into a a paddy wagon designed for uh, enhanced people, and he's in there with one Frank Castle, the Punisher. Why is this a good idea, NYPD? Why? Like Bendis, what do you have against the cops? I know cops don't have the best reputation. Not everyone's a fan of the NYPD. You know, they go hot and cold. You know, with a lot of people. But come on, this just doesn't ring like a good idea. I mean, judging by some 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 news articles, that would sound like an idea that some cops would do. No. But anyway, so you know, that being said, no, that's essentially you know my biggest problem with this. So you know, basically, you know, their uh, their hard work has gone for naught. The, the hard work of the defenders has gone for naught because uh, what ends up happening is the Punisher somehow uh, uh, doesn't free himself, but helps Diamondback uh, uh, get free. You know, I guess as part of uh, an altercation they have inside the paddy wagon, and Diamondback gets out and. Uh, you know, is uh, on the loose, and uh, Diamondback is basically uh, um, invading the current uh, uh, crime lord's uh, uh, territory. And that crime lord I'm referring to is not uh, Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin, but one Felicia Hardy, the Black Cat. Who and takes you guys some shots to the gut. Exactly. You guys can talk about what happens next. So yeah, I kind of gave it away just now. I'll ring the waiting for Black. <laughs> in her apartment yeah, and proceeds to shoot her a bunch of times. At least that we are led to believe. Right. Right. So, you know, we all know that if you say it, then it'll be totally different. Exactly. Like we all know that the black cat does have bad luck powers. Five will get to 10, all those shots like misfired or something, you know? (laughs) So we'll see how that goes in the next issue. Yep. But, um, more good art from Dave Marquez, David Marquez. Some nice uh, moments between Iron Fist and Daredevil, as far oh. as what Fist believes Daredevil's uh, real name, first name is. Right, right, right. So, uh, exactly. I was about to say, um, if if uh, if uh, anyone of our listeners or viewers out there uh, aren't familiar with that, with uh, the recent developments of uh, the re uh, the reinstatement of uh, Daredevil's secret identity. You know, so not it's not as uh, it's not as widespread and well known as it used to be, and especially amongst the uh, uh, the, the defenders, it's meant to mimic um, at least some of the the uh, the character dynamics that are in the Netflix TV show. So they're not supposed to know that it's Matt Murdock, even though at some point in the Defenders show, that all comes to light too. Sorry for spoiling that, people. It's been out for a couple of weeks, for a couple of months. Come on, probably about a month. Has it only been a month? It feels like listen, it's August. August. <laughs> August took, you know, the, the the last the last month and change it felt like, you know, they've been dragging, so it feels like it's been a couple months already. But maybe that's what you get for uh, binging it over a couple of days, so, you know, it was like, you know, it was over and done with pretty quickly. All right. Uh, anyone want to talk about, anyone read the Generations book that came out this week? I forgot all about that book. Yeah, I did. We can do it real quick. Um, and we may be getting towards Rapid Fire very soon. Um, yeah. So this is uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, and um, uh, Captain Marvel of the Kree Empire. And basically, as a result of the ending of Secret Empire, Carol is cast into the past where uh, Captain Marvel is uh, at a point in his history where he's trapped in the negative zone, and Carol finds herself fighting to save uh, a planet within the negative zone that is under attack by a nihilist. 
and uh, the two team up and try to uh, rescue uh, a kind of pacifist or at least a, 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 a group that's uh, kind of reached a non-aggressive stance towards, uh, a, you know, towards, uh, you know, uh, towards, uh, you know, their, uh, their future. And um, it turns out that uh, they're put on trial by these uh, people they were trying to help because, you know, to them, it's like, um, they've brought, you know, all hell on top of their heads by uh, fighting back against the Nihilus' hordes. Um, there's a couple of uh, uh, opportunities for uh, Captain Marvell and Carol Danvers to uh, kind of uh, uh, shoot the breeze, as it were, and kind of uh, catch, you know, catch us all up on the, uh, the history of uh, uh, Captain Marvell. So... Um, you know, that's a, that's a good, uh, it's a good primer for, um, you know, the younger generation that may not be familiar at all with, um, his exploits in the Marvel universe from the late seventies. Um, so, you know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's pretty useful. It turns out that the two captains Marvel are able to rally the pacifists into defending, um, themselves and, and fighting for their freedom against the nihilist. And, uh, you know, all in all, this is, you know, plays out much like some of the other generations uh, stories where um, the legacy uh, hero gets to uh, interact with um, the uh, the hero whose legacy they're following and, uh, you know, kind of interact on a, on a level that they were never able to interact with uh, before and kind of, uh, you know, exchange ideas and exchange, uh, uh, you know, thoughts on uh, where they are in their respective lives. So. Uh, you know, it's it's a nice little story. You know, they actually end on a, a, a on kind of a uh, cliche note where Carol's just about to you know kind of screw up time and 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 uh, set off a, a possible butterfly effect. And uh, just as she's about to do it, she pops back to uh, uh, the present day. So you know, all in all, it's a pretty good uh, you know it's a pretty good story. Um, it, it was a, a a nice refresher course on uh, Marvel's history. Anything to add, Roddy? Since I don't know much about Marvel myself, I'll probably need to read this to get that refresher or primer. Yeah, you don't get a whole whole lot, but you get like the the, the broad strokes. Yes, um, and actually, this seems like I was on mute there for a second because it seemed like this is one of the few uh, that, at least of the generations books that I've read, where uh, it looked like the characters had met already. Because just like Age of Seventy said, she was about to. Um, start up a butterfly effect by telling who she who she was because this was basically after presumably this is before she got her miss marvel powers but after they had you know like met with whatever their secret identity that he had when he was on earth right and that she knew about so which that was that was kind of strange because like she because she said a name that didn't sound familiar to me and i was like well wait was that a maiden name or something or is that like something because she said something like dr lawson no, that's that I mean, yeah, but I mean, the Dark Lawson's in, but she gave, but she said a, a name, whatever her name was, but it no, wasn't. The way it reads is, I got confused by that too. I actually wikied this. Yeah. I looked this up actually, uh, just real uh-huh. quick before we move on. So, so I'm gonna hit the spoiler bell, but you know, come on, people, I'm not really spoiling anything. Just read the book. <laughs> so what I learned is uh, Marvel was going by the secret identity of. Uh, Walter Lawson, who was, um, I guess, like a physicist or something, and you know, who had like a, a criminal record, and he was kind of, you know, uh, I guess he t- he he just died, and and Marvel took over his uh, identity. Um, 
So the, the dialogue goes, uh, should I call you Walter? And he's like, what? It's me, Dr. Lawson. He's, re- he's talking to her. He, no, no, she's talking to him as referring to him as Dr. Walter Lawson. You have it in front of you, Roddy? Yeah. Yeah. So he's saying, she's saying, my name is not Carol. I'm, he's about, she's about to say, I'm Carol Danvers, you know, because he was, she was a. Uh, oh, right. There's a, there's a comma there. Okay. Right. So. Right, right, right. So he, she was just about to spill the beans, and then, uh, you know, she gets popped back to uh, uh, present day. Right. So that's yeah. I actually paused on that too. I, that made me go uh, look up uh, what this name was that she was uh, mentioning. Right. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, but I like you know, you know what it is. I liked it because you know every time they tease, oh, Captain Marvel is going to return. It's like, all right. So what made him so special? I'm glad they actually kind of described some of the things that made him special in this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are we almost in rapid fire? Because I did want to talk about a couple of the books that I thought, for me at least, were some strong uh, click of the week uh, candidates. Uh, sure. I only have a couple. Yeah, I only have a couple. So we I have three do. left. Yeah. And one of them not really even a book. Per oh, se. I only have, I was about to say, I only have four left, so I'm not. I don't have that many compared to you guys. What about stuff that we all read? How about Miracle Man number uh, two? Mr. Miracle, not Miracle Man. I Mr. Miracle Man. Yeah. I, I did the I same thing on Twitter this week, so. That's funny. It's definitely a potential click of the week for me. Yeah. Uh, I loved everything about it from the writing to the art to the lettering to the colors. Yeah, this is definitely, yeah, this is definitely not how any previous New God story has ever been written. You know, it's definitely written with, uh, you know, with the modern bent. But at the same time, uh, you know, the story that, uh, that Tom King is telling is very, you know, is, is deep and, and there's a lot to it. I like the jokes of like the Scott Free and Big Barda trying to work the shower. Mm-hmm. Conscious about her height. Yes. As the new high father and making folks kneel. Kneel! Bend the knee, isn't that what the, the kids say nowadays? Uh, yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a couple things going on in here. One, you know, it's 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 weird to see Scott Free in this mode, you know, in like you know, like as a what, what he's cast as in this uh, issue. He's a general of of uh, New Genesis, and uh, you know, it's it's weird to see him in like full combat mode. We're just not. Maybe you know, like I said again, I'm not as uh, well versed in DC and its lore, um, but it's it's definitely different to see Scott Free in this um, setting. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing is, um, um, I kind of like where there's a lot of kind of palace intrigue. There's definitely aspects of like Sheriff of Babylon in this too, where there's like you know like multiple sides to uh, you know to every character, and 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 some people are like double agents. Like one, uh, hold on. Like how they play um, Granny Goodness as uh, being a possible double agent. So, you know, that was a nice uh, interaction between these characters, too. Um, you know, uh, Gerard's has like a couple of cool um, sequence panels here where, you know, he uses uh, nine panels to tell, you know, a pretty cool, uh, you know, to, to tell the, uh, the story of um, uh, uh, Mr. Miracle and Barda kind of uh, making their way to try to complete their mission amongst a bunch of tents. And I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And with for new Genesis, exactly. And, and without spoiling it, um, Barda and, and 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 Scott Free are on a mission 
uh, that's a little out of Scott Free's character, but it's something that Orion asked him to do. And uh, we, we're still not sure if they were successful, but it was a pretty brutal uh, mission. I'll leave it at that. Because I think Grotty Cat's going to try to read the, you know, is going to read this, so I don't want to spoil everything. All right, thank you. <laughs> there's still a lot. Believe me, there's a lot here. And I did, you know, only doing this in really broad strokes to explain the, the, the arc that's described in this issue, there's still so much to absorb. It's a potential click of the week for me. Same here. All right. Are we in rapid fire yet? Yes. All right. Hold on. I just need to spin up the old uh, Gatling gun. All right. Let me, uh, let me just uh, run through my rapid fire books. Uh, Mech Cadet U, number two. This book by uh, Greg Park. And uh, who is the artist on this? Um, as I pull that up. Uh, we are in uh, the second issue of this, uh, you know, this tale of um, uh, robots that uh, come every four years to choose new pilots to fight a war. And uh, it turns out that uh, this one kind of run down, uh, uh, beat up kind of a runt of the litter mech chooses uh, the kind of run down, beat up a runt of the litter um, uh, kid who's not even a student at this um, at this, uh, you know, kind of West Point like uh, uh, school for training to uh, become a mech pilot and uh, a robo mech pilot, and um, turns out that uh, they have to accept him because uh, he's been chosen. So this issue describes a lot of what he has to go through in terms of uh, adjustment and um, you know, uh, kind of uh, integrating himself into the training and and the the, the training group. And uh, there's definitely some uh, interpersonal uh, conflict between the 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 cadets who feel that, uh, or the cadet that feels that he's uh, unworthy of being chosen, and uh, and uh, um, you know, just the general uh, sense that uh, he's uh, out uh, in above his head. We'll leave it at that. So uh, it's still a fun read. It is, I believe, this is Takeshi Miyazawa doing the art. That's what I was trying to scroll to get to. But uh, it's a lot of fun. I do recommend this. I believe this is a lot closer to being an all ages book. So if you uh, have, yes, it is Takeshi Mizawa. If, uh, if you have uh, uh, someone young who you're looking to steer towards a comic, this is a good choice. Um, Ms. Marvel number 22. I don't know if Roddy read this. Yep. Okay. Uh, we can just tag team this uh, rapid fire. I thought this was a pretty strong end to an arc, that uh, a story arc that definitely is uh, an allegory of several real-world uh, current events and issues. You know, I thought this was, this was kind of like a meandering story, but I thought that the ending was pretty strong. I yeah I agree. So I've read through this whole arc this afternoon or this morning rather because I was oh, that's how far behind I was. Right. Um. So the reveal of um, uh, Discord, you know, was like, huh, okay. Because at first it was kind of it seemed like it was leaning towards uh, another character. Right. But thankfully it wasn't that one. I was like, well, that'd have been crazy. But uh, so yeah, but yeah, I agree with you on this one. It's been pretty strong, and, and yeah, they've definitely been touching on some some real world topics with the but still in a you know in a great fashion the way you know uh g willow wilson has been doing with this book the whole time and the other thing i have been enjoying is like so there's been a change of artists for this one just like speaking of the takeshi mizawa who has been on this book fairly right. frequently um the art is not like the art is still great and i love how they've been they've been pretty much changed uh they've been choosing artists who compliment a, the book yeah yeah it's a similar ish yeah it's a similar style like yeah you don't hit get some of the uh like there's some you know and granted the story that wouldn't have wanted it anyway but there was some some, some stuff from last uh 
you know, from other artists that are inserted into uh, issues that are not here. But again, like I said, given the gravity of the story, you know, you, you know, you wouldn't expect that to be mm-hmm. to, to anybody to do like that. But yes, definitely enjoyed this one. This would probably be a competitive click of the week. Nice. Cool. And uh, we talked about Runaways already, right? No, that was before the show. Oh, okay. So just let me touch on Runaways. That's my last book. Uh, Runaways, number one, is also a potential click of the week for me. And why is because you don't really need to be that familiar with what has come before to enjoy a slam bang issue number one. Like you're plunked right into the middle of you know, a pretty intense situation. Um, they use this first issue. Um, I'm looking for the creative team now. But they use the first issue to... Um, introduce us to or reintroduce us to uh, one of the characters who's probably had the most exposure since uh, uh, the runaways, the last mention of the runaways. And that's Nico Minoru because she was in a force. So if, you know, for anyone who is a Marvel reader, you should be relatively familiar with uh, um, sister Grimm, uh, Nico Minoru's uh, character. Um, so much so that she got a Marvel legends uh, figure in this Dr. Strange wave. Um, so, you know, they use this to reintroduce her and her powers, her abilities, and to tie pretty much directly into how I guess the last issue of Runaways was left because she's immediately reunited with some of her teammates in a very dire circumstance. And, you know, I appreciated some of the flashback, but at the same time, there's a, a pretty much a life and death situation that situation that they are uh, working through. And that, uh, keeps the uh, the tension level high and the action kind of moving very quickly in the story. So you don't really need to get bogged down in the details of what, where all these characters have been. So I really like that about this issue. Uh, that's what made it a potential click of the week for me because um, you did not, this is absolutely new reader friendly. All number one issues usually are, but this one more so because um even if you know that there's history to this group of characters, you don't need to know any of it. And that's, what's really strong about it. So the writer is rainbow Rowell and the art is by Chris Anka. And that's a pretty great art. Yep. That is it for me. Um, that was right. one of my books. So that just leaves me, I believe action comics number nine seventy eight. Let me make sure. Did you have anything on uh runaways? runaways? I said, this was fine. Got to learn how Nico's magic powers work. Call back to previous Runaways arc for those who read with the time travel and I guess going back to when Gert was killed. Right. Like I, I wasn't familiar with that stuff at all. So me either. I started reading Runaways probably like years ago at this point, four or five years ago, but then mm-hmm. stopped and never uh, completed it. Gotcha. Uh, Nat, Action Comics nine seventy eight. Mister Oz. <laughs> Hold on. 987? Is, yeah, nine, 978. And it's not who everyone originally thought it would be. If you thought it would be a... A Watchman uh, character. Watchman character, yes. Yeah, it's 987. So, so, oh, 987? Yeah, it is 987. So, um, yeah, I was kind of taken aback. I skimmed this just to find out if it was who we thought it was. And when it was not... I was like, what? But I think they had given, already given enough clues where you knew it was going to be someone personal to Clark or Superman. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So. <clears throat> Would you say that was a swerve? Yeah, just a bit. So that's it for me. 
What do you got, Roddy? Well, um, let's see. We have, first of all, I didn't get a chance to read this, but shout out to Clue Number Four. It's out this week. Go, go check it out. Hopefully, I'll get to that in, uh, after a while. But um, Immortal Iron Fists Number Four. Uh, let's see. Pay goes to the prom. Uh, Danny and this new demon hunting character um, are still hunting down the Ten Scrolls, which they end up getting. We find out that um, uh, Madam Yao, who Yo, Madam Yo, excuse me, sorry, because I keep, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing that. Um, Madam Yo is indeed behind um, some of the shenanigans going on. Maybe the big bad, we still don't know that, but um, we find out at the end of this issue that she is indeed behind some of the the, the things that are going on in the issue. Um, while also being undercover housekeeper slash nanny for Pei, who's been kind of take, um, shutting her down a path. But at the end of the issue, at the uh, at the prom, she shows up with uh, a bunch of missing kids uh, and uh, tells Pei that uh, she has a destiny and she's about to fulfill it. And that's pretty much that. And we learned this after, like I said, Danny and uh, Detective Lee and... Uh, Aisley, I guess her name was the, the Demon Hunter character is find all ten scrolls. So there's probably going to come ahead from that next issue. Um, Star Wars number thirty six. So after eleven issues uh, of C three PO getting kidnapped, a rescue mission has finally been mounted, and it is by one R two D two who goes in with a uh, with a um, with an X wing. Gets caught by the just so happens to well I'm sure this is the plan but get gets caught by the um, the star destroyer that is holding C3PO he pretty much runs amok in, in in during the course of uh, you know by pitting stormtroopers against each other and just causing all kind of havoc. Meanwhile, just going through here eases his beliefs because as said in other places, no one really looks for no one really checks for the the droids. So, but the the funny part about it is like the 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 X wing lands, uh, they take R two out who's who, um, powered himself down, but then takes out the squad that uh, that um, that that has them, calls in another squad. They start shooting at each other and they start taking themselves out. And then like I said, R two is going through this this star destroyer, just causing havoc and causing kind of confusion. Vader is also on this star destroyer as it was seen. So uh, after he gets uh, 3PO from where he is and they leave on the same X-Wing, Vader gives chase uh, and makes a comment. It was like, hmm, it's a droid pilot. And whoever it was, was portrayed. It was um, seemed to have this droid seemed to have learned a lot from watching the, the like watching this pilot, which ironically <laughs> was him. So go figure on that one. Oh, not even go figure. You know the story. But um Eventually they get away because guess what happens? Han comes in and Luke comes in and Han shoots um first high fighter. Ah! Yeah. There is that. Uh, well, actually not first because there was a little protracted uh, gunfight between the two. Vader uh, was shooting at the well, not <laughs> between those two, but basically Han comes in from nowhere and shoots Vader just like he did at the end of um, New Hope, mm-hmm. and even makes reference to it. It's like yeah, shoot shoot him in the back. It never gets old. And then they all leave. <laughs> And then that's that. 
But this was a this is a a pretty good issue, I would say, and I would probably go so far as to say this might be my my click of the week. But uh, I will give a, a couple of seconds of of mention of that. And I believe oh the only other thing I wanted to mention, which that is it for books. But so there is if you go to Comicsology, there is a small booklet called um, Avengers Marvel's Legacy Pr- uh, Primer Pages that you can go pick up for I believe for free. Um, but all it is is realistic is, is a really brief retelling of the um how of how the Avengers got formed. And I guess this, this is something that's gonna go into Marvel Legacy um that is starting real soon. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. And that's it for me. Cool. So uh click of clicks of the week, huh? Hmm. I'm gonna have to deliberate for a second. Anyone have their uh click of the week candy? Mm-hmm. You know, I might just go ahead and I'm just going to go ahead and stick with uh, Star Wars 36. Like I said, it was good because that was also a pretty good, uh, as as R2 was going through this star story, I forgot to mention this, that we get a um, almost documentary like, um, you know, explanation of 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 how uh, Astromex work or the workings of Astromex, okay. specifically R2 Unix. So it was pretty fun. All right. All right. So it seems like Tim. Dog98 has stepped away for a second, so I'm going to go with my... I'm going to deliberate over my click of the week, which is going to be tough because I have a lot to choose from this week. I really did like a lot of books that I read this week. You know, you both did. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, I mentioned a number of books. I think I'm going to try to narrow it down to... Oof, it really is between... Uh, Mr. Miracle and the Runaways. You know, I'm going to go with Mr. Miracle number two. Shout out to PCN underscore dirt. That is my pick as well. Hmm. Okay. That probably would have been thirded had I read it, but you know, TikTok. Alrighty. Alrighty. So as we move into uh, our next segment, we're going to have a message from one of our sponsors. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod, and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skull Candy by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we head into the news. And in a weird twist of fate, Tim is not leaving us. What the move to Friday nights gets you more timed up. There you go. Yes, that's what you've been asking for, people. (laughs) All right. So first up, we have the Martians. Drew Goddard Mm -hmm. will write and direct the X Force movie, headlined by Deadpool and Cable. They make it seem like Deadpool will be the leader, which is very anti X Force. But hey, he's the one that has his own feature film franchise. So yeah, exactly, he's the one that uh, he's the lead. Some character. concessions must be made. Yeah. Jessica Chastain reveals she isn't playing Lan- playing Lalandra in X Men: Dark Phoenix. Interesting. That's interesting. Supergirl I thought- will be the. Yep. 
Yeah, actually, we I think we found out who she's actually playing. Oh, did they? They still haven't said, right? I thought they did. Or maybe not this article, but I could have sworn they said she was... Uh, they haven't put much thought into anyway. it. Like, I thought she was playing Jean Grey, but I could be wrong about that. It wouldn't make sense. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Supergirl will be the focus of the CW's four-show crossover event. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be her, her and her sister, um, Alex, will be the forefront. Or forefront sounds like. Starting to go in the water slightly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sony's Robotech film enlists Wonder Woman writer. Black Lightning executive producers star discuss why Jefferson had to be retired. Huh? When the show begins, Black Lightning's retired. Oh, I see. And he comes and has to come out of retirement to get the, the crime off the streets, so to speak. Hmm. Uh, new Punisher synopsis teases a far deeper conspiracy. Well, you mean the, the, the conspiracy wasn't deep enough where, like, his uh, commanding officer was the one that was dealing weapons? It's deeper than that, huh? Deeper to deeper. Deep, deep, deep. <laughs> Speaking uh, of see. Netflix's Punisher series will be the most dark and brutal part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that makes all the sense in the world. I saw that today. Hmm. Go figure. Uh, what are these stories about? Uh, we may still... Be digesting the Defenders and get ready for the Punisher to drop on a mystery date later this year. But Marvel and Netflix are already hard at work on the next phase in a new season of something. Oh, Jessica Jones? Yes, new season of Jessica Jones is officially locked and loaded. So season two filming has wrapped for Jessica Jones. It looks like Hurricane Irma has achieved something that the cast of AMC's The Walking Dead have completely failed to do in seven seasons of the hit show. Bring a ha- bring a halt to the zombie apocalypse, if only temporarily. Wow, wow, so production wow. on The Walking Dead, Avengers Four, and Ant Man and the Wasp was shuttered because of the storm. Appreciate that. <laughs> what happened? What happened? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> nice for the viewers of the YouTube uh, live show. You'll just notice a slight repositioning of one Tim. Dog ninety eight on the screen, but uh, you didn't miss too much. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> after more than a year of rumors about everything from casting to influences the plot, Fox says X Men spinoff The New Mutants finally began principal photography in Boston on July tenth. So presumably wow. because we had a story last week because that said they were finished. So and this is saying that they're. Well, I guess this might still be saying that. Right. Oh, they were finishing up or wrapping up. That's what that, you know, it doesn't contradict the other previous story. Right. You know? I heard uh, they got a new well, actually, according to this article, it says that it does, but... Uh, all right. Thanks, CBR. I don't know. <laughs> good. Uh, we love you, CBR. Don't worry. Well, we like you kind of. Yeah. Ah! Speaking of down to comic book news, Marvel is launching a new kids-focused take on its comics universe. Which you would think they already had, but don't. That's not you know. We have seen books, just not an actual line. So is that what is this going to be going to be published through Marvel? Or is this going through that uh, Disney? Is it going through Disney? Well, good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily say. Oh, and and I a, did the uh, article, but I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, for God's yeah. sake! <laughs> Hold on. You actually wrote this article. Say it in the- well, not this particular article, but yeah, the one similar. Uh, but it's, I was it's through Marvel because it's going to be some kind of like branded multimedia platform thing where it's going to be like a 
animated shorts and comic right. book. Oh, I see. Young reader comics series. Gotcha. Yeah, they said that the animated series is set to uh, to air on our currently unrevealed platform this fall. Streaming, aka the Disney platform. Yeah, more than likely. Launches, yep. Probably. Yep. So, uh, Black Panther yeah. has some toys for his movie, including one that shows Eric Killmonger in a Black Panther outfit. Mm-hmm. So they got people talking. And more toys with Black Mobile. Panther. Gives Shuri an action figure and introduces its own version of Hulk hands. Toys. There you go. Uh, Rose, Rose City Comic Con took place last weekend, I believe. Image announced some things. Oops. Bitter Root from the Power Man and Iron Fist creative team, plus Chuck Brown. Nice. Uh, David Walker and Sanford Green, of course. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Seems interesting. Yeah. Which I need to email Image again. So the story seems like it's like going to be a bunch of, uh, uh, or uh, back in the 1920s, like demon hunters, or excuse me, yeah, yeah, monster uh, hunters, hunters and, pur- and purifying monsters, and uh, it sounds like. delving a little bit, yeah, delving a little bit of African American history. So, exit. Mike Mignola supports the Houston Food Bank with a limited Hellboy print. Nice, good for him. Lion Forge donates twenty five thousand to help local comic shops affected by Hurricane Harvey. Good for them. A uh, five-page preview of DC's Batman White Knight. So I wanted to ask Sean you, it was Gordon like, Murphy. was was this the, the the Batman who laughs? I wanted to ask, but it just sound like no. This is this is his own thing. This, this is like an awesome. thing. Yeah, it's in the alternate universe. So just want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, as Disney and Lucasfilm Star Wars: Last Jedi gears up to hit theaters in December, different novels and comic books are set to flesh out some of the film's important locales. Uh, Storms of the Crate explore, will explore the titular mineral planet that director Ryan Johnson has said will play a key role in the upcoming film. Maybe some Crate Dragons will show up. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, the Fate of the Four is coming to Marvel's 2-in-1, where Ben Grimm, The Thing, and Johnny Storm, The Human Torch, go off in search of the remaining members of the Fantastic Four from Chip. Sorry, I'm celebrating. I was jazzed when I read this story today. Creative team is nice. Chip Zartsky. And Jim Chung. And Chung. That's some awesome preview art. Chung for the first, like, four issues until yeah. someone else comes on. That's pretty cool, man. I mean, the fact that they're able to get him because he's usually like this big event guy now. You know what I mean? Well, I guess this is yeah. a big event. Yeah, so what's cool about this is that it kind of tie, it, it sort of ties into some of the things, uh, something that happens at the end of this week's of Uncanny Avengers. I didn't read it closely enough to include it in the discussion tonight, but uh, the ending of Uncanny Avengers kind of teases what we were just discussing, which is talking about um, uh, uh, you know the, the the Richards family and and what's going on with their legacy and what's going you know and and whether or not. Um, uh, Johnny and Ben are going to do something about finding them, you know, uh, while they're out on their trip, you know, in, in the uh, universe. So um, I'm, I'm excited by this. Like uh, Tim Dog said, I'm, uh, you know, with Jim Chung on art, I definitely am down for the issues that he start, you know, that he draws. And, you know, if he's able to keep a regular schedule, if he's doing the first four and then he has got to take a, an issue off to, to get back on schedule, that works for me. You know, if they've got him on this, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. It's going to be some Star Wars audiobooks. Look for the A New Hope. 
or short story set in and around events of a new hope. So of def- which John Ham will be playing Boba Fett, Fett and got other people. Yep. Also have Wouldn't it be Jan- nice Janina to- Gavin Gavin Carr and Neil Patrick Harris. Wouldn't it be nice to have the actor who did Boba Fett in like the uh the the prequels actually, you know, voice the voice the character here unless uh you we just all trying to forget the prequels like I want to, but it'd be nice to give that guy some work. Maybe. Is he still alive? Oh no, oh, man! Goodness. Say that seriously. I hope he is. The prequels weren't that long ago. Okay. Yeah, um, and then we start counting years, and it's like, oh, it kind of was. Now, so now you got me thinking about who's doing the voice. I don't. I don't know. If, I doubt if it was him, but I'm trying to remember who's doing the voice of um, of Rex in Rebels, because that would probably still be could technically be still him, but I don't think so. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yes, Marvel gonna... is missing in Marvel Legacy. I guess that's uh, and... part of the story that uh, they're going to uh, explore now. Yeah, that it looks like, uh, especially given that last page uh, or that last um, the last image after the uh, the end of this issue that just came mm-hmm. out. So a character is coming back and sound like the uh, that she's met earlier called the Red Dagger um, is going to come back and sound like they're going to be taking over for her temporarily or something. She has her own uh, Carol Core or Kamala Core. Oh yeah, the Kamala Core. Yep, <laughs> that's cool. So that'll be that'll start in uh, Miss Marvel twenty five, and there's an uh, an article with G. Willow Wilson, which we got this information from. I need to read that. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I need to catch up on Miss Marvel. I'm like ready. I'm like way behind. <laughs> and finally, rest in peace to Lynn Wayne, co-creator of Wolverine, Swamp Thing. Storm and a host of other things. Yeah, this was some sad news. Yeah, you know it's it's tough when, uh, you know I I know I've done it. I you know and I know that uh, my fellow co-hosts have done it to you know go out to cons and get some of their favorite issues signed by their favorite creators and or and especially some of the more um, historically significant creators. Len Wein was one of those that you know. I definitely gave some serious thought to having him sign um, Incredible Hulk, uh, you know, the first appearance of Wolverine. And I, you know, I, d- I couldn't bring myself to have anyone sign it, to be honest. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's one of those, that was one of those uh, things that uh, I definitely gave serious thought to. I'm not 100% sure if I have anything signed by him, but, I, you know, I, I'm kind of curious now to go through my collection and catalog who's, uh, you know, which uh, autographs I have. And I wonder if I have any of his. Yep. For sure. Alrighty. So are we at our last ad read of the night? Indeed. Alright, let me pull this up. Waiting for it to load. This episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees. Uh, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to keep your to get your friends' attention. Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale at a discount each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture, cleverly themed uh, shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and more are all on sale. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us, that is cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. Do it today. 
And make sure to follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at TimDOGG98 and at CBCron. Roddy Cat is at Roddy Cat and at NewsNerdsNeed. Agent70 is at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Roddy Cat on Instagram at CBCaps for Comics Reading. And make sure to go to PopCultureNetwork.com for fellow podcaster and co-host PCN underscore Dirt. And we'll be back live next Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah. A new bat time and a new bat channel. Same old crew. That's right. And we are the Comic Chronicles, and we are signing off. Play ourselves out on 